0: man, I sound like a cowboy.
1: Hello, and welcome back to Insert Credit, the only show on the internet in which we weekly deliver the loudest news, reviews, tips, and tricks fresh-dripped hot from the bottom of video games themselves. In each of our ten wild segments, we have six minutes to puncture your eardrums with the sick truth. If we can't reach a conclusive consensus within the time limit, listeners and participants alike suffer the buzzer. And now, your host, Alex Jaffe. Jaffe. Right
2: about now, it's time to rock with the biggity-buck insert credit. Every Uh-oh. week I assemble a panel of good video game opinion havers to discuss a Denny's menu of video game topics. Every point must be met within six minutes, or they will be punished with the audio sting of a horrible buzzer. I'm Alex Jaffe, and the loudest concert I've ever been to was a fish show on New Year's Eve. Fish?
3: Wow, oh, no. That was the
1: loudest concert. Fish. Uh, yeah, I don't
2: go to a lot of concerts. I, I believe not. fish
1: is loud. Um, it was good. loud. If they ain't got much else, right? I mean... Right. You, when, when you can't do it, you can't do good, do loud, isn't that what they call it? Yeah, That's what
3: Fish's uh, motto is, yeah, it's on, on the sleeve of every album.
1: Yeah, their motto is play it
2: loud.
3: Yeah, um, Nice. I'm Frank Zavaldi, uh, I think the loudest concert I ever went to, I don't know, might have been uh, that Dick Dale show I went to with at least one other person in this room.
0: Oh, I was there. I was yeah.
1: there also Tim well. was there. I was at yeah. that show.
3: I couldn't remember if you were both there, show. hence we the at
1: least one. Good show. It was a, it was a great one. show. I call him Richard D. Dale. Richard Dale. Good old Rich. Now he's dead. Yep. Poor guy. But you know, in a, in a, in a manner of speaking,
0: it lives on yeah. in our hearts.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah. How about you, Brandon?
0: Well, you're next.
1: Am I next? Yeah, you're next. <laughs> I don't know if we're doing alphabetical order. I mean, yeah. Um, I guess uh, okay. So if you all would uh, get on your Spotify and check out the. Album by Yura Yura Teikoku called Nama Shibire Nama Nama Memai. Uh, there's a track called Nai, and uh, at at a point about eight or so minutes into the the track Nai, there's there's this the the lead singer uh, Shintaro Sakamoto screams real loud. That was the loudest thing I have ever heard in the middle of the loudest concert I've ever been to. So check that one out. That was back in 2003. I still remember. Uh, just this utter sudden horrible feeling of nausea at the the loudness of that sound. And it might have permanently done some stuff to my ears. But I can hear pretty good, so I had little earplugs in, but they, they just weren't quite good enough.
0: I'm Brandon Sheffield and I think the loudest concert I was I ever have been to probably was one that Tim was also in. Um I don't know if you nice. remember this specific one, Tim. But yeah. uh We were in Japan and I think we were seeing uh, the green-haired girl's band, and before oh, that, yeah, there was some band that was playing, and it was just the the room was like the size of my living room. And, Koenji UFO Club, yeah, Koenji UFO Club, and yeah. the home spe- of
1: Yoda Yuta original. Uh, they they originally made their splash there uh, with the interior decoration by Shintaro Sakamoto. There so you go. Con- continue. It's oh.
0: it's it's all coming full circle, and the the amps were just dialed all the way up, and they did not sell earplugs there, and I was stuffing my uh, ears with toilet paper to believe- try, yeah, to try to survive. And it was, there was just something like there was a frequency there that was just like right inside my bones somehow. It was it it felt like I was going to get some ear damage. You said you were fine, but uh, I did yeah. not believe.
1: I believe it was a band called Moja, which is a duo band with uh, some noise and drums. Might could have been. Yeah, uh, they pre- they were pretty good as well. Um, I, I don't know if they're on any of the Spotify's or anything. The, the UFO Club is, in fact, really loud. And if anyone is interested in the UFO Club, watch a... Uh, there's a, a YouTube video of a show that Yuta Teikoku played there. Uh, and the song is... Uh, San- Go- Gozen Sanji no Fuzz Guitar. And it's 2001... So if you look up Yuta Yuta uh, Fuzz Guitar 2001 UFO Club, you should be able to find it. And you can hear a guitar solo that I believe is going through the same house amp that that Brandon is referring to. So you will be able to hear that if you uh, really want to look that up. Uh, And it's one of my favorite YouTube videos as well.
2: Well, it's time to talk about something much better than music. Something that contains music vis-a-vis video games. Nice. Let's go oh, yeah. on to question number one. Frank, uh, you won last week's episode, so mm-hmm. the floor is yours. Uh,
3: uh-huh. Yes. So uh, my question is as follows. So yesterday that Sony put out a video uh, on YouTube and they they showed a, a white box and they kind of panned a camera around it and flipped it over and stuff like that. Uh, uh-huh. and, and that was a PlayStation 5. Then this morning, about 8 a.m., uh, I watched a, a uh, live stream from the Xbox folk where they... Uh, showed some video games that, uh, for the most part, we've seen before. And uh, even if we haven't literally, we, you know, have spiritually. So I find myself uh, just kind of very unexcited by the idea of a new console launch. And uh, I think we did this basically last time around. There were oh, consoles yeah. coming out. But what would it actually take to excite you about a new console? And if you are excited about a new console, what would it take to excite me about a new console? Good question. Good question.
0: I think I have a like a half step answer to both of those questions, which okay. is is also entirely unrealistic. But I feel like full backward compatibility all the way down the line would be a little bit exciting. Yes, like backward compatibility and uh, region free, just so you could play anything from that console series on there. I mean, ultimately, that's not that exciting, but I don't know, it would it would certainly be cool and I would be into like only having a PlayStation 5 and being able to play my PS1, PS2, et cetera, games on there. I would yeah. also like that, but I would like
3: them to to add the quality of life features you see uh in emulators. So things like you know, upscaling your PS2 games to 1080p, stuff like that, maybe... Yeah,
0: save states.
3: Yeah, I mean, it, it, there's no magic solution to do that to every game, but I would like to see little, you know, emulator patches per game sort of things to to actually, like,
1: improve the experience uh, of each game. I would love that if I could uh, just... I mean, I, I know that there's a, a whole bunch of weird concerns involved, though there's real good emulators on the PC, and I've got them. Uh, can't they just... Uh, uh, make a deal with somebody and I, if i could play like right now i don't own a playstation 3 right mm-hmm. i just don't own a playstation 3 and even if i did playstation 3 has got these obscene amounts of hdcp uh high definition quality copy protection or whatever on it and in order to make videos i mean in my i've turned my own life into a sort of bizarre trash can so i have to think of the the, the the reliability of how well can i turn a video game into videos i i can't play playstation 3 games without getting a playstation 3 which i can't capture in like a high enough quality for me so i either emulate them or why can't i just play them on my playstation 4 right why can't yeah. i do that so give me a playstation 5 that can play all the stuff and let me upscale the stuff and also i got i mean the the god darn Final Fantasy VII remake is not coming out on PC until like next year, so I I would like to be able to play it in sixty frames per second for a sixth time through, uh, and I believe the PlayStation Five will let me do that. However, that's not nice enough for me to just want one.
2: Now, what if uh, bear with me here, but uh, yeah. what if the next generation console had like a nice little happy face on it? What if it looked like a friend? Would that excite you? Well, I got a
0: couple things to say about that. First of all, I just wanted to go back to the to the backward compatibility thing and say that if, if Sega released some sort of a platform that let you play all of its games, I would be very excited about that. That's not going to happen, but I would love that. But related to the Smiley Happy Face, I was thinking about this Playdate console that they got mm. that is, you know, it's like a little handheld and it's got a crank on it and it's all the games are from like... Keita Takahashi and Derek Yu and Bennett Foddy and just like people who will make some delightful fun project. I think I might be excited about that if I didn't know a little too much about it, but I think that's the kind of thing that could get me excited. Like if you can do something fun with a cute gimmick that isn't as annoying as Waggle or something like that, I think I could get, I could get behind that. Like if there were some other 3ds type concept that uh i haven't thought of yet that nintendo hasn't has yet to reveal to us or something i think i could be excited by that kind of thing where it was just like the games on this platform are just gonna be on this platform i mean it's the exact opposite of what i said earlier where i want everything <laughs> right. backward compatible but like that's the that's the other thing that would get me excited is if it was just like Yep, it's got two screens, and the games on this thing have two screens. Do what you can with that. Well, what I like about
3: the, the play date, at least theoretically, I mean, you know, they haven't delivered yet, obviously, but what, what I like about it is that anyone who owns the thing has the same games on the same cadence, yeah. right? So, like, there's, you know... Uh, the the vision in my head is like when we had the Wii and it, and it sort of like did that light pulse when there was an update and it's like, ooh, what's the Wii got for me, right? Like I imagine the play dates like that and that all of us just get beamed the same game at the same time and we just pick up and play the stupid game and then we're all tweeting about it. Like that would excite me, I think, about a console.
0: Well, I believe the in television is that Amico is trying to do that. But...
3: Oh, Jappy, is there a question about that yet? Yeah, I got so much on that.
0: Yeah, we got not a lot of right now. Okay. No, but uh, <laughs> we'll get. You to want it. to inject that in? Yeah, we'll get to you it later.
2: Fifty-six seconds. No,
3: nah, I need more than that. So
0: yeah, we need a
1: lifetime. Fifty-six seconds.
0: Uh, but yeah, I, I think that the play date is actually going to be like you get a series of games all at once. Mm. Uh, the, the the issue with the play date to kind of encapsulate it is that it's ultimately a volunteer effort on the part of all of the developers. Um, And and that really limits who can make stuff for it and what kind of games can be made because you need to have enough money and time to volunteer to make a video game. So yeah.
2: All right, so yeah, is our magic phrase that stops the uh, question? I think, All right, I think that's our new consensus.
3: So, okay, just just the consensus is uh, backwards compatibility, and I don't know some weird stuff that's yeah, exclusive. Give me a weird thing.
2: Question number two. This week, an English fan translation was released for LSD Dream Emulator. Uh, what is this game, and how do you play it?
1: Ooh, ooh. <laughs>
0: well, it's a uh, it's one of those playstation games that is all wacky and it you pretty much just walk around in a weird space as far as i understand i i don't own it because it's expensive and i yes. haven't emulated it because i haven't used an emulator
1: well i mean you can't emulate an emulator
0: oh mm. touche <laughs> um but yeah it's it's one of them walking around in a weird space games there there's a bunch of those on the ps1 actually and a keppel on the saturn like there's um it's not called Mindscape. It's it's the one that um, Screamin' Mad George made, and it's like a first-person pinball game full of skeletons and uh, guts and stuff. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't remember what it's called. I got it right over here on the shelf, but um, that's a weird one. Take a look into that. And there's also some, like, edutainment games called things like Uh, a journey inside the body or something where you got a little robot and you got to go around and look at cells and go inside someone's guts. There's a guts theme that I'm going for here, but yeah, it's one of those like kind of a walking simulator situations, but there's just a lot of weird and wacky stuff. I kind of wonder how they wound up making that when, what with drugs being so illegal and them clearly trying to, Reference, a an illegal drug trip. Uh, I don't know what do you think about that, Tim. How they how 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 would they have arrived on such a thing?
1: I don't think. It, I think it has. A, I mean, I've I've played this game. I mean, of course, I've played this dumb game. I, I've 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 met a couple people who were involved with it at a at a party once. Uh, it, we had a a rollicking conversation. I don't think any of them actually. Uh, I think they knew about as much about taking LSD as I know about. Drinking, which is, I've never, I don't drink. Yeah. Uh, I think, I think they had a sort of a, sort of a Wikipedia sense of, of what LSD is. And they just, it's, it's art, man. The game's just art. It's so this, if it's a walking around game, then what needed to be translated? What oh, do you mean? Oh, there's text ah, in there. Yeah, there's plenty of text. There's plenty of text. It's, <laughs> uh, it's kind of a little bit, a little bit more text than you'd think it would be. It's got. It's just. It's a bunch of weird little random levels. The levels have a whole bunch of strange random elements to them.
0: They're like little vignettes, kind of.
1: Yeah, it's like a different experience every time.
0: Yep, but yeah, it's good. I always used to confuse it with that. Uh, what's that one game? There's another PlayStation game that's a shooter. I'm, I'm looking at my wall and I'm not seeing it. I know it's up there.
1: What shooter? What was it like?
0: Harmful Park? It wasn't Harmful Park. Though I do like that one. It Harmful was Park is pretty It was a behind-the-back shoot. Oh, no, I think I'm thinking, I might be thinking of N2O, the nitrous oxide.
1: Oh, yeah. One. I remember that game.
0: Yeah, I don't know. There was just a lot of name and stuff after chemicals at that time. You ever play that H3O game, which is, <laughs> I, I guess the idea was... Better was, water. Yeah, it's like <laughs> it's like water, but more. And it was a surfing game yeah <laughs> uh,
2: what's that game where uh you have to get people to do, but you have a mouthful of cheese
0: You're talking about choo-choo rocket no
2: no i'm talking about parmful hark
0: oh parmful oh, hark no yes,
1: no oh no
0: that h3o game um my girlfriend reminded me that or i didn't know this why did i say reminded she told me that H3O is actually a real thing, and it is a caustic chemical that would hurt you a lot. Yeah,
1: you don't want to right? surf in, in H3O. Rules. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean that's it's that's why it's a video game. It's danger surfing. <laughs> surfing H3O is is a game by Rockstar. Yep. believe it or not, the clues but are all there. It's Just along the side. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's, they made they they made uh, table tennis and H3O are like their two their two sports games that they made. A little fun fact: what so, the one thing that I'm thinking about this LSD is I remember when there were a whole bunch of really weird, like very, very interestingly selected PS1 games being added to the game archives on the PlayStation 3 store. Do you remember this, Brandon? Harmful Park was one of them. Yeah, I oh, remember. I remember uh, it. Cheap Poké Ralph, No Die Boken was one of did, them. Did you
0: not know that that was my responsibility? Oh, was it? Yeah. So, what happened was there is a company called Monkey Paw. Oh, run yeah, by, yeah, I remember Oh, this.
3: I forgot about that. Yeah, wow.
0: run by John Greiner, formerly of Hudson. He was the, uh, quote-unquote, white dog at Hudson, Japan. Um, he He said that himself. That was what they called him. And he, you know, with his old connections to Sony, he was able to bring out Japanese games to the U.S. store as long as they had an English manual. And so I made him a list of games with the uh, intention of getting paid for every one of those that he actually managed to get on the store. I never did get any money from that. Thanks, oh, yeah. John. But um, yeah, uh, Harmful Park, uh, Rapid Angel, Chipoke Ralph, no Daiboken. I remember Rapid Angel. Um, maybe maybe I got so a choani Key on there and like Dragon Seed, not Dragon Seed, um, maybe it was Dragon Seed, something Seed. I mean, uh, yeah. Anyway, those those
1: were all my choices, and so that's why those are on the store. Well, that's why they're on the U.S. store. Well, I mean, who knows why they were on the Japanese? Well, okay, here, here's what I was trying to say, is there's a lot of them that were on the Japanese store. Uh, oh, LSD yeah. Dream Emulator, for some reason, was not one of them. Wasn't there?
2: No. So the Let's consensus to...
3: here is that it's a game where you walk around.
2: Yeah. There you go. It's a game where you walk around. Everybody loves those. Everybody's played Journey. You've played Journey. Uh, Here's our next question. Hideo Kojima fans often praise the themes for his games for their uncanny predictive powers. What makes his work so apparently prescient?
0: Oh, yeah, Uh. I guess it's because he's just watching the news. Probably. It's like, I don't know. I think, you know, in the case of Death Stranding, which, by the way, I have not played um, all the all the things about delivery couriers with a big stack of stuff. Or you know everybody being quarantined and having to stay inside, and that kind of stuff, it's all stuff that was already happening in various places in the world. He just was like, What if it was more of this? What if it happened pervasively all across the world? And uh, I feel like that's how he appears to be prescient because he's choosing things that seem like they'll get bigger and making them bigger, and then a couple of years later they get bigger. Right?
2: Well, what are other examples of that? Uh there's uh Metal Gear Solid Two is uh cited a lot as sort of uh predictive of our it, like social media landscape. Yeah, yeah and help just me out it, was, it news. was
3: like AI that was getting rid of junk from the internet? I i, I kinda can't remember what
1: the plot of Metal Gear Solid. <laughs> you should uh watch like the there's a YouTube video that's just like the final like the cutscene from Metal Gear Solid Two that breaks down how scary the internet is, basically. Okay. And it's it's pretty good. I mean, you're just gonna watch it and, and uh you will lull a lot to think that this came out in two thousand one before Facebook, before Twitter, before YouTube. Uh it's it's pretty good. I can't I dare not paraphrase it because okay. I don't want to spoil the uh the hilariousness correct the hilarious correctness of it. It's it's pretty good. Alright, find um, that for me if you don't mind. Tim, do you yeah, think
3: yeah,
0: it was based it's, on it's like there. people being on their smartphones all the time? And not their smartphones, their are uh, dumb phones, their their flip cell phones? phones all the time.
1: I think that could have been part of it, but the flip phones didn't have nearly the features. They didn't have most of the features back then that he was <laughs> no. warning us about. I don't know. It was it was pretty weird. And I mean it, it comes out of the mouth of a of a conspiratory a conspiracy theoretical weird kind of rogue ai character it's not even coming from a human it's just it's supposed to sound like nonsense and jargon and that kind of makes it even even funnier that it makes so much sense about uh just the oh my god it's hilarious i mean he doesn't exactly say one like give a really specific example of anything that then immediately that came true like 10 years later he doesn't say in 10 years we'll have this he doesn't say that it's just I don't know, man. It's, it's ethereal. It's wonderful. And I don't really know what it is. I think he's just out there. I mean, I don't know. He's on the level of like a, what's that guy's name? That, that guy who makes the cars. He's like on the level of that guy. Oh, Elon Musk? Oh, yeah. I was just excluding his name. I was, <laughs> I was, I was excluding his name for fun. Okay. Yeah, I, ha- I have him <laughs> muted. You want to you hear what Elon Musk is? She, what's Elon Musk? I wish you'd tell me. Have any of you guys ever seen a Dyson Vacuum cleaner, I got oh, yeah. one. Yeah, you've got one. I got okay. one. Okay, I I just purchased a Dyson hair dryer for uh for someone for as a birthday present, um because uh, that seemed like the perfect birthday present. And I held this Dyson hair dryer in my hand, and I, I I dried my hair with it a little bit, and I thought, wow, this really kind of feels like a piece of NASA technology, right? Yeah. Basically, what Elon Musk did was he he looked at a Dyson hair dryer, and he's like. How do I make something like this way more expensive and look look way cooler for doing it? That's basically what it was. It's marketing. It's marketing. That's what it is. He's a Dyson hairdryer for richer people. This is Kojima we're talking about. And Kojima, Kojima's. Uh, what is Kojima? Could could we really really say that? Uh, I think he got lucky with Death Stranding. I think yeah. he got lucky. <laughs> yes. I'm sorry. Like the 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 weird absolute. Like so, I'm in New York City, which I mentioned. Uh, uh, on every episode of this show, because I've yes. learned that no matter how many times I mention it, no matter how present that is in my Twitter bio, I still get asked at least once a week if I'm still in Japan or if I'm still in the Bay Area. I'm not even joking. So I'm I'm in New York. Uh, the proof, once again, that the Internet, the, the omni-availability of information has not made anyone, much less me, any smarter at all. I would say that uh, he just got lucky. And uh, I made a video about Death Stranding where I'm walking around the, 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 the barren of a of a junkyard zone near my apartment with toilet paper taped to my back. I don't know if you guys saw this. Mm-mm. No, I saw it this. sounds funny. I have, I have, it's part of my Death Stranding review because uh, the joke was Sony would only allow me to use 20 minutes of footage and I had an hour long review. So oh, right, I, yeah. I cosplayed my own Death Stranding, which I thought was funny. And I had my dog in a pouch on my stomach instead of a baby. It was really like the worst Death Stranding cosplay possible. So I had like a big old backpack made out of toilet paper bulk rolls from Costco. Had no idea. And I keep seeing a GIF of myself on Twitter. Right. And uh, I'm like, oh no. They're like, it's it's like uh," somebody was like, you're hoarding the toilet paper. I'm like, man, it's a video from seven months ago. Now so, you predicted the future. So I predicted it. Yeah, not Kojima. Me. It's contagious.
2: Yeah. Maybe <laughs> consuming Death Stranding gives you Kojima's own predictive powers.
1: Yeah, I don't know what Kojima got, but whatever he got, he gave it to me. And I don't want it either. <laughs> All right. While it lasts, can you give us one last prediction? One last prediction for Kojima? Uh, yeah. For the, for
2: the future? While you have the powers, please tell us. No, we're out of time. <laughs> okay. We'll never know. It's time for our next question. This is a question I like to call question number four. Mm. Oh, what are the one. qualities of a Valis like? Ooh.
0: Yeah. This is something that I have been thinking about because it has come up in my life a few times by my own urgings. <laughs> uh, my my uh,
3: first question to you, though, is, uh, is is female protagonists mandatory for a Valis like?
0: So I feel like, yes. It is, and I don't know why I feel that way. I I feel like yeah, that's that's
3: what I want to explore. I agree. Yeah, it
0: it it shouldn't be that way. But like there there in Valus Four on the PC Engine, there is a male playable character. Um, that's the only time in the series that there's a male playable character. Mm -hmm. And when you play as him, it's like ah. I don't know. It doesn't feel right. (laughs) He's a noob. (laughs) Yeah, he's a noob. the 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 power that he has is water. Does not push him back, and also he doesn't he doesn't like reel back when he gets hit by a projectile. That's his whole deal. Um, Otherwise, he kind of sucks. sucks. Valus, for those of you who have not played it, is a series about a schoolgirl who runs on rooftops and swings a sword at baddies. She inherits the sword of of Valus whose companion sword the sword of lazis is owned by a big monster person and they want to get both swords so they can take over the whole world they're kind of in a the demon people are in kind of a, a sailor moon style negaverse where they're you know on the on the on the underside of the humanity universe and they want to they want to take over both of them and they need both of these swords to do it so The things that, oh, and it started on the PC 88 and then quickly came to the PC Engine. There were ports that were pretty inferior on the Genesis. There was a remix of Valus 4 on the Super Nintendo, which was quite good, I think, even though I I like like that one. Yeah, that one's good. Uh, But the main things for me with Valus are short range projectiles because she has a sword, but her. Except in the, in the very first one, you, you can never like only use a sword. It always shoots a projectile out, but it doesn't go the full length of the screen. And that seems important to enemy placement and level design. Another thing is the slide. The slide is not in every game, In the uh, especially in Super Valus 4, it's not there. But a lot of the level design or most of the level design is created around the slide being longer than a jump. And so there are a lot of places you need a slide to get to, a lot of things you have to slide under, and it's like a critical mechanic to the game. And it can also do a little damage to enemies. And another big thing is there's a lot of verticality to the level design. So they they give you your biggest tool, which is this horizontal slide, and then they make you think about how to use it in levels that are constantly going up or going down. I think those are the biggest things. Oh, also single-use magic that you have to kind of micromanage. It's not always single-use, but uh, you can only have one magic item at a time. So that's those are kind of the main things. But there, it, so many of those things are in other games, and it's kind of like a grab bag of different things that it sort of feels like this. Avalis like is the amalgam of these together, but it it it's. I'm not convinced my own self that I've cracked the code. I don't know if anyone else has any opinions on Valus. What do you
2: think is the most recent example of a Valis-like? Hmm. Well, that's the thing. Like, the Valis 4.
0: Yeah, I don't, <laughs> I, I don't think there really have been very many uh, since then. There was another that I was thinking of. I don't know if it really counts, though. There, there was a game called Mamono Hunter Mai, which was sort of a Valis-like, except it did not have the vertical levels or the uh, short range projectiles. Um, it was clearly trying to look like Valis, but it did not get there. Um, you know, I I can think of older games like Athena Arcade is almost one. Um, there are a few other like PC 98 kind of games that are in there. Uh, Psychic World, which mm-hmm. also came out on the Sega Master System. That is pretty close to being a Valis-like but you know those all came out around the same era, and then I feel like it kind of petered out. I feel like know. there's
3: there's a common jump in yeah. these games like it's a it's kind of a stiff jump
0: it's a stiff angling forward jump that then falls down more straight,
3: yeah, I think that um, might be a part of the formula,
0: yeah, uh. I think it might as well now that you mention it because the the jump being limited in its approach is what forces you to use the slide. Basically. Yeah, you can't
3: really get out of danger easily with the jump. It's not a very good tool for that.
0: Yeah, and uh, the slide the slide is better but difficult to use um, correctly. You have to be able to predict when you're going to need it because the slide has a little animation ramp up. Um, one thing I like about some of the valises in in Valus 3 you've got a an attack that charges up and so as soon as you use your full charge attack it goes back down to zero and so if you attack again immediately your attack is weaker and so it emphasizes like timing and waiting nobody ever really does it but it was an interesting idea um, one thing I really liked Val- Super Valus 4 they take all the, they, they like remixed it and simplified it and took it from 4 characters playable down to 1 but they scattered their move set through to uh the one character wow i just i just want to go for 10 seconds and say a really cool thing they did was they have the boss meter at the uh, boss health meter at the bottom of the screen at all times and it ticks up over time so the faster you guess get to the boss the less health it has which wow. is a really cool. There's thing. a really that interesting cool.
3: Yeah, there's an interesting Famicom game that does that. Uh, uh Bio Senshi Dan, I think. It it, it it almost came out here as uh, Bashy Bazook by Jalico. Oh. It's got the same thing and and in fact, uh the the boss of the level actually uh evolves and gets larger as well. Uh oh, if wow. you take your time. Yeah.
2: That's cool. I think that's a pretty great mechanic and if you have the chance to check out a Alice like Please do so. Uh, Psychic World on
3: the MSX
1: only, not the Game Gear version.
2: Yeah, MSX one.
1: Valus, like. Valus, comment. And subscribe. Here's our
2: question number five. Yeah, let's go. (laughs) (laughs) Question number five. I've been getting a lot of listener feedback since our return, and I Uh think it's time to bring back our number one most requested segment. I'm Uh going to that's right, friends. Uh-oh. It's time for the improv zone. Heck
0: that zone.
2: Yeah. Uh, for six minutes or until the premise is no longer sustainable, oh, uh, you'll be enacting this scene. Frank, hmm? you are Nintendo of America president Doug Bowser. Okay. At your first shareholder meeting. You are desperately attempting to earn the faith of Tim and Brandon, who each suspect you may be the actual King Bowser. <laughs>
0: okay. Wait, Jaffe, are, are Tim and I in any way differentiated, or are we both uh, skeptical? Um, You're both skeptics. S- Share. You can okay. d-
2: find your characters as the skit progresses. Fair okay. enough. <sighs>
0: hi
3: uh doug bowser here uh I'm the, I'm the i'm 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 very honored to be here uh just uh feeling on fire today uh just uh tons of ideas ready
1: for you um i'm skeptical of that uh, yeah I don't I, 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 don't, uh, I don't I don't i don't trust this guy I, I... but let's hear well, what you got. i hope let's to earn your,
3: your 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 trust by by the end of the meeting okay. um hey yeah so uh yeah, we've got a uh, God, I hate the improv zone. Um <laughs> uh,
0: I don't know what this improv zone is that you're talking about here. Uh, it's, uh, so the but-
3: the um sorry, I just itchy scales. I, sorry, uh arms. Um tongue Oh my uh, so um you know we've uh we've got a lot of products slated uh for next year. Um half of them involve Olympic games uh hey, and hey, hey. the other half uh, involved mushrooms
0: uh and now, l- now let me let me stop you right there for a second because i've heard from my friend mario my personal friend yes. that y- you may hey, have okay. in the past uh made a pass made a pass at his girlfriend princess lie. Um, <laughs> i see um Uh-oh. you know this is it, it, these are these are potentially serious allegations if uh if that's true he says that you you uh took took her away into your your own kingdom and made yeah. her wear a different crown so, or something like I, I mean, that I mean I
3: appreciate the, the the concerns but um you know just we're we're here in secrecy and uh you should know that Mario is a uh, fictional character um <laughs> not a real what, person
1: yeah.
0: yeah uh how how have I been talking to this guy
3: Um I I I couldn't say sir I I don't Really, I mean, maybe it's some I'm other guy named Mario. <laughs> uh, what What are you skeptical of exactly, sir?
0: Oh, just well, you know, the whole the whole scenario. <laughs> yeah. it's something that I'm I'm skeptical of whether uh, my my good friend Mario could be you know a, a false person. He says he says things like "It's me." He says things like "That's so nice." Uh, occasionally. He'll fall into a pit of lava and say, uh, I, "Frankly, I don't remember what he says during that time." Uh, but he says all kinds of stuff. And so, how how could a person like that be not be not well, a person? I mean, there's, um, there
3: are other people named Mario. I mean, Mario Lopez actually fits every one of the criteria. <laughs>
0: uh just outline i guess you're right he plays soccer just like mario striker yeah that's exactly right yes yeah yeah okay all right i'm putting i'm putting it together well here's another question if i grab you by your tail and throw you into Please a bomb how will that make you feel oh um i shouldn't that do would that. be
3: extremely painful if you were to uh grab my um arm uh is what i think you hmm. probably meant by tail because there's definitely uh not a tail i really
0: i really thought i caught you there i thought i had you caught. (laughs) Um, no well uh, i don't know tim you got anything to uh to add to this here uh. as a shareholder you're an important part of this (laughs) i mean do you uh, guys want to talk strategy or
3: are you just going to question my species i mean what's going on here
0: fine i guess we can talk strategy uh how many lizards are there in the next mario uh
3: well I'm, i'm glad you asked uh we've uh we've determined that lizards actually are very popular with our core demo um because they're the huh. the best creatures um especially if they breathe fire we found uh and and have uh little spiky backs uh maybe tortoise, tortoise shells uh do really well Interesting. um so actually we uh something we wanted to discuss with you all was uh the strategy of possibly turning mario into a lizard uh for the next hmm. game
0: well i guess you know, one of my thoughts is we we have a lot of axes that we were going to put in the into this game, and uh, and uh, y- you know we we all know lizards they like bridges they like yep. to bounce around mm-hmm. on them. So how do you feel about the relationship between all of the axes that we need and and you know the lizards and the bridges in this sort of a situation?
3: I don't understand this question in any way, sir. Um, perhaps <laughs> oh. I should connect you uh, with uh, one of our uh, game designers in Japan. Might be. Okay. Able to help you? I don't really understand how this uh, would affect um, your shares in the company. Uh, which...
0: you know? I'm just trying to understand what the game is about, how the axe is made, drop lizards into lava. Just to, you know, the really basic, um, high level stuff. It's it's it's, it's uh,
3: th- you know that's more of I'm not really the, the the game ideas guy. You know, I'm here to I'm here to make us all out of money. Um, but okay. uh, you know, we could. Uh, certainly uh invite like i said the 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 creative staff um from japan
0: to talk about uh the lizards uh if you'd like um okay well i I realize i've gotten us off track we should be talking about the strategy for the new game how it's gonna make us money and uh you know the the basically how my wallet will get bigger maybe i don't care about this whole thing you know we, uh, we have
3: partnered uh with a number of uh reptile shops uh, to uh, okay. to start carrying a uh, new product, um, okay. so uh, for example, uh, turtle food uh, we we find is uh, you know is is uh, not very tasty uh, right now, mm. and, and we think we could uh, impart a little bit of that Nintendo fun into turtle food. So, you're tr- are
0: you trying to make it
2: edible for, for kids? I don't you know. know. And that's the first improv <laughs> zone since we've returned. I just got to say, Tim incredible job maybe yeah, your best job, performance Yeah, yeah you really did it yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, you really embodied the character of a shareholder who really didn't want to be there
1: yeah, that was uh <laughs> I've, I've been uh i've occupied that same i was going for it let me try to explain a little bit just a little inside <laughs> baseball please do i i offered several cues at the beginning uh i said you know hey this guy right here like that um Brandon, I was, I was trying I, to go for the, like um, the I'm Actually Mario thing, and then the very first oh. thing you did is start talking about your friend Mario from down the block, or whatever. Well, I
0: mean, you could have then said, yeah, that's me. Yeah. I mean, that, that's, that's how we yes-and this whole situation.
1: No, that's a little, that's a little bit of a actually this. Uh, <laughs> there's a yes-and, yes and, that, and, and there's, there's a fine line between yes-and and, and uh, uh, yeah-actually.
2: Well, we're going to discuss more of this uh, off mic. We'll be right back after a short break. Welcome back to Insert Credit. It's time for our Patreon subscriber question of the week. Every week for question six, I'm going to choose a question at random submitted by one of our Patreon subscribers at patreon.com slash insert credit. This week's question comes from Carlos G. Carlos G. asks... What 2D game is closest to the Yakuza
1: series? <sighs> uh, the Kunio-kun Super yeah. Nintendo game where they go on the field trip to Osaka is probably the closest. I, Has no anyone no joke,
3: I was actually thinking exactly that, yeah.
1: Yeah, I think that would be it. We got
3: another one? That's pretty <laughs> good. the next <laughs> question.
0: <laughs> um, so, what about that, uh, that life of uh, Rikio, whatever? Oh, the, the new one uh, that's yeah. kind of like that?
3: Yeah. It's similar. Uh, the Life of Rikio. Much.
0: What are we talking about? No, man, I can't remember what it's called. But you know, it's that it's that one where it was made by a Russian guy and his oh, dad, Friends of and Ringo Ishikawa.
1: Yeah. There we go. Okay, so that that game is actually did you? you so you, I, I take it you haven't played it because uh, no, I played it for a couple hours. Oh, oh, okay. Well, I mean, I I don't really think of that as a. I think it. What I the think name it. It, uh, it. It thematically, subject, materially uh, resembles something like a Yakuza game, though. In, in sort of, in its structure and such, I believe it's far more artsy and ethereal and and literesque than.
0: Definitely, but I think you could make. I mean, it's sort of the reverse of it. But you could make friends of
1: Ringo Ishikawa, Rieko Kodama. Kodama. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Rieko Kodama. You could
0: make friends of Ringo Ishikawa. Out of a Yakuza game, if you cut out a bunch of stuff, like if you chose the right moment, true. You could you could construct that game, so that's that's why I went that direction.
3: Yeah, but it's got sort of the like school mechanics and stuff like that that I just don't associate with Yakuza. Although maybe I should because there's a lot of you know like money mechanics in Yakuza that you have to sort of balance as you're yeah, doing. Yeah,
0: that that would be like your um, cabaret hosting yeah. or similar kind of. It would be that version. It's of not that.
3: like funny, though. No, it's so not. Funny. That, I, I, think, I think if we're establishing the pillars of Yakuza, it's that it's funny. As,
1: as yeah. You know, yeah,
0: I think, or or at least being able to fluidly move between funny and serious. I think,
1: I think yeah, I think uh, Yakuza has both a specific sort of humor and a specific handling of it, a, a, a specific. Uh, structure of where the humor goes and how the yeah. game gets to and from humor which is I- incredibly unique if you're going to like try to boil the Yakuza series down into a list of essential quality takeaways it's like I think that's on there but what else is on there you beat people up I just want to I want to keep going on that one for oh, a sure, second sure. just
0: as a like a way to kind of qualify that is is to look at that judgment game where they didn't do nearly as good a job of it. Um, I've found that kind of an interesting thing to look that at. That game's
1: good though. Uh,
0: it's my least favorite one so far. Ooh, uh, how much of it have you played? Do you? Well, I mean, okay, I wouldn't well, even
1: call I, it a yakuza game. I think it's I played uh, the full thing.
0: Oh um, neat. But the the way that they do the the humor and move in and out of it is not as dexterous, and they tend to pair the humor with some of the more frustrating minigames to complete and so that kind of dampens the effect of the the humor on your overall experience because the 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 jokes are tied to like now you have to do a somewhat frustrating minigame you know uh, that stupid
1: drone racing minigame
0: yeah and the 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 like uh following mechanic where you got to wait for them to like swirl around in circles a couple of times before they'll go again or else you have to start over but anyway you were saying what are the other
1: yeah what are the other like what are the other bullet points if you were trying to yeah first of all i don't believe yakuza was ever uh was ever flat out like pitched to anybody i think uh yeah i think nagoshi was just uh a, a cool enough dude guy worked on daytona guy worked on f-zero gx super monkey ball super monkey he Ball. Just, he was just at a point where he's like i want to make a, a game that's like my favorite yakuza tv dramas and books and they're just like okay and then it just kind of went from there so i feel like it was it was never pitched but if you it does feel like a game that evolved rather than came
0: mm-hmm. specifically from yeah, it's neat top-down gdd or something. yeah no one had all of those ideas and put
3: them together on paper and then no it's impossible um I think an, another pillar and I don't know if this counts as humor or if it's a separate thing I think it is a separate thing is uh cartoon exaggeration. Yeah. So yeah. I think that's that's kind of mandatory to a yakuza like, you know that that you can throw motorcycles or that you know your your moves are just very exaggerated or you know if you're if you're on a sex line on the phone right that that it's you know got the pink backgrounds with stuff floating around stuff like that.
0: I think another main thing is every Plot beat ends on a cliffhanger that is easy to understand, so that when you wander around the city, I mean, I guess this is another part of it—is being able to wander around a city and do things at your pace, but you always know what is the next big thing you have to do, and that's always like on your map, and it's always like in the top right corner saying, or or if you stand still for five seconds, Kiryu will be like, well guess I got to call up that guy. He's probably waiting for yeah. me or whatever. And I think that stuff is like really, really good at always keeping you placed. And so I think that's, and that's part of how they move in and out of the humor is, is like, yeah. you, you know what the big story beats are, you know, when you're going to get to them pretty much. So- and so
1: you can pace it. Yourself. I think if you're going to go ahead and say that you've got your sort of uh, like the, the way I think of the Yakuza games, I think of them as binge playable games, mm. uh, whereas I, I hate the word binge to describe it. everybody calls something a binge, binge worthy TV or whatever is in like half of the Netflix recommendation category.
2: That's enough yak tack I think.
3: Uh. <laughs> i do think if there's if there's an answer to your actual question I, I do think what we came up with immediately is
2: probably yeah like, that's got a lot be of similarity.
1: dragon quest is what i was going to say so interesting it's just dragon quest it's basically just dragon quest
2: well i think it's time to go to quest number seven uh dragon questing no question what's the best bootleg video game merchandise that you've seen in the wild
0: Oh, wow.
1: Oh, yeah. That's
0: some good stuff. So this this isn't exactly bootleg. Mer- I mean, no, it is bootleg merchandise, but it's also the thing I most regret not purchasing that I've ever seen That's a video game thing. I was in Singapore and I saw this handheld game system that was being sold for like $15. And I was like, $15, that's a little much. But it was a cartridge exchangeable LCD game system where when you changed the cartridge, it was just a new screen mm. and, and like layout thing. And I've never seen anything like that before or since. And it was, you know, it was based on some uh, licensed character things that weren't licensed. And so that's the bootleg aspect, but I really regret not getting that because I've never seen that well, before. That was uh,
3: I don't remember the name of it, but that was a really early eighties handheld. Thing here in the states was was oh, yeah? like that where the the game logic and screen itself was an interchangeable thing you put in and you just yeah
0: Oh yes. Yeah, but it wasn't like a Tiger style LCD. Oh. Tiger thing. style. That's that's okay, what this that was. This was like Okay. Yeah, like Tiger Electronics um licensed game style thing. Yeah. But with unlicensed characters and interchangeable screens, and I, I've been thinking about that ever since. Like, what was yeah. that? Um, Did it I, work? I think
3: the question is more like merchandise, like shirts or something. But I'm, I'm no, I'm it actually, is. No, that, that. that counts. That counts. Yeah. No. Well, I, I was, I was going to say, I'm going to answer similarly to Brandon's, um, which Oops. is that uh, just brief backstory. What makes this bootleg is that there have been a lot of clones of of the the Famicom hardware and. As it's been cloned, you know, going back to the 80s into, into sort of a single chip that does all the chips in one, they started sort of enhancing the hardware, too. And there's this really interesting split where the Famicom sort of evolves in the unofficial markets to add, like, more uh, sound and, and colors and stuff like that. Yeah. And my favorite evolution of the Famicom clone is a console called the Z-Dog. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I like it already. The Z-Dog, it's, it's a... One. It's a plush dog. Oh. <laughs> the plush dog is the console.
2: Oh, this is what we were talking about. The console that looks like a friend. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he oh, right. uh,
3: comes with the... Uh, well, actually, no. I, I think the console or the controller is in a little backpack that he's wearing. I forget which one it is, but like, you use the dog as the console. <laughs> the box itself is a dog house that, that he lives <laughs> in. And you plug it in and it's a bunch of Famicom clone games uh, starring the dog. The starring Z-Dog. There's like 60 crappy minigames about Z-Dog.
0: Dang, that's good. That's my favorite console. That's a pretty good one. I saw that Obama Sonic thing in the wild, but does that really count? Because at at the time that I saw it in the wild, it was clearly like someone had made a bootleg of that bootleg to have a fun, you know, I'm a cool person who knows about the internet kind of thing. So, so I feel like that probably doesn't count. Like I liked that when I first saw it, but then when I saw, you know, like a hot yeah, but topic the, the version thing is of it, it wasn't like, a hot topic.
3: But modern bootlegs yeah, like are kind of done knowingly, so you kind of lose the them being genuine with their weird ideas. I think yeah. is, is, is I think what you're experiencing with that.
0: Yeah, I think that's right. I mean, I've seen a lot of really good, uh, hand painted Sonic and Mario and Master Chief on walls yeah. of retro game stores that are that are just yeah. like yeah my cousin uh, paint like, something
2: i love those i used to work uh doing trivia nights at an arcade bar and uh they have a bathroom painted like uh, kirby's dreamland and just like the whole thing looks like uh the first level of the game boy game it's pretty fantastic <laughs>
0: Jaffe, not to turn this around on you, but, uh, what was it like as a person who does not consume alcohol to have to be around people getting drunker and drunker while trying to do
2: trivia? I loved it, uh, because, uh, I was always the most cogent person in the room, and it made me feel like a big, important man.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Um, uh, I'm not gonna, I'm I'm gonna go ahead and just say, Jaffe, as somebody older than you who has never drank alcohol, let me tell you, uh, that's a that's a that's a feeling that you uh you start to get used to and then you uh you start to feel good about and then you start to feel like uh like the master of, of the universe basically exactly as, you feel as, like you're
2: uh, on a higher level of uh being than everybody else
1: yeah sip sip slowly from that particular pot of drug is what i'm gonna say
3: okay because otherwise otherwise so you got an answer to the question
1: Best. Okay, so best. Like, oh, so you're saying best bootleg video game thing that you've ever seen. Uh your favorite. My favorite. Ah, I mean, my favorites are are in eclectic sort. So I'm I'm just gonna go with best, and I'm gonna try to objectively, <laughs> objectively, like the best quality bootleg thing. I think this is an interesting question because there's a lot of bootleg Mario's, right? Though mm-hmm. has there ever been like a bootleg Mario that's better than Mario, right? Mm. Right, and that sort of thing. So in to mm. that end, I think the most uh, the most objectively good. Bootleg video game I've ever seen is that Pokemon Sword and Shield for the Nintendo Switch. But that's my joke. Uh, shotgun, nice. shotgun sound effect. Uh, kaboom! Uh, there we go. How was that joke? Was that good? Let me know. In yeah, the, let me know in the comments below. It's pretty good.
2: Unfortunately, we have no time for a real answers. You know, uh,
1: Chronic the Hedgehog. That's it. You know. I mean, there we've all good. seen. I mean, come on. That's that's the. Anything that's got a marijuana leaf and yeah, a green Sonic and the words Chronic the Hedgehog. Anything that's got that at a, at a store that also sells church items <laughs> in, in, in a mall with, with elsewise, no other stores. Obviously, that's going to be the, the, the G-O-A-T, as the kids say. That's the GOAT.
2: Well, it's time for us to go on to question E-I-G-H-T. Okay. Have video games ever been worse for taking player feedback to heart?
1: I think a little bit of feedback that you should take to heart oh, is yeah. a, you should have called this question awesome. question E I E I O and it should have been about <laughs> farm animals. I'll
2: keep that in mind for next time.
1: <laughs> but anyway, back to your <laughs> inferior question.
3: Uh...
2: Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> we're stuck in this podcast. So,
0: I have a recent example of this actually, uh, well, it's, the example isn't recent, but my learning of it is there's a game Ooh. called High Octane that came out on the, on the PC and the PlayStation 1 and the Saturn. And I played this game.
1: I like the bootleg version that's about marijuana a lot better. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. Hi, uh, weed smoking noise. So High Octane is a game that was made in eight weeks. because So EA just bought Bullfrog the mm-hmm. software company. Oh, I saw this article. Yeah. yeah. Some, someone high up at EA was like, this quarter is going to be the greatest where EA is going to dominate the PC. This quarter is what <laughs> they said something like that, but they said that without having any games planned for PC, uh, which they later realized. So oh boy. So then they were like, Hey, bullfrog, what can you make us in eight weeks that we can put out this quarter? And so what they made was this game called high octane, which, uh, has some some funny stuff to it. Like, for example, they intended for all the cars to be different, uh, have different stats, like oh. more acceleration or more turning, etc.
1: A bold move to have make the cars be different.
0: Yeah, and while they uh, definitely did put in visuals that indicated that was the case, they did not actually make the cars different. They're all exactly the same. Um, but to the player feedback point, they had this kind of unique idea for the time where there was a lot of inertia on these things, on these cars, and so, and they had a big boost. And so on straights, you would want to use your boost, but then you'd need to prepare a boost or something else in time to get around a corner or else you'd just be slamming into the wall and you'd cause this huge pileup of other cars. And since it was a weapons shooter, if there was a pileup of cars, then people could just jam on missiles if they were behind you and uh, blow you up and then get ahead. And it was kind of a neat, kind of zippy way of doing a different sort of uh, driving, drifting mechanic. Uh, and then Peter Molyneux played it. He was the head of the studio, and he did not like that. And so they they actually took out that interesting drifting bit and the, uh, the way that the inertia worked and then made the game much more generic. And so that is uh, an example that I read yesterday of player feedback, the player being Peter Molyneux, uh, making a game worse. Uh, I,
1: I guess that counts, right? He's <laughs> technically a player of the game, but... <laughs> he played it. He was a yeah. player.
0: Well, he didn't work on it. No, nah,
1: that is... It. Yeah. If he didn't work on it, then I guess that makes sense. You know, okay, so, I I don't know. I, I, You know, I've never played all of the Mass Effect games. Have any of you guys played all of those? No. I've only played a little bit of the first one and then a little bit of the second one. Same. The first one was like, was like chewing on, uh, Dry newspaper, and the second one's like chewing on wet newspaper. No offense, if you like those games, I think they're just kind of written like like by like an eleventh grader. Is kind of how it feels. This is two
3: episodes in a row where we're uh, talking smack about them. (laughs)
1: Yeah. (laughs) Well, there was the the ending of Mass Effect three. Don't know what happens. I think all those characters are surreally uninteresting fictional individuals. I so I I don't care what happens to them. However, apparently, a lot of people really did. And the ending, I don't know what it is. Yeah, I remember this one. uh, The ending of the game, didn't everybody yell? And then I I would say that's making it worse, because apparently... Yeah, they were upset about it. If people got mad at the ending of the game, it was probably the most interesting part of the game. I know this as a fact without (laughs) having having, uh, a a glimpse to the full narrative, uh, knowing how boring the story is in those games. Again, no offense if you like them. Uh, I like some bad stuff, too just knowing how 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 just bland those games are and then knowing that if someone likes them they must really like boring stuff so the ending must have been really cool and, yeah. uh, right does yeah. that make
0: sense i agree i think that basically it's it's the same as that thing we were talking about earlier in an earlier episode with uh Detroit Beyond Human where the fans were upset that your your android was freed from the title screen oh, yeah. and so oh, they, yeah, yeah they passed her back in and just reversed the one decision that they had made yeah i think anytime that a game is like you know what the gamers are upset we'd better renege on our decisions we made i think once you do that you've kind of you've kind of lost your uh, card carrying member of the creative decision making community if you know what i mean
1: if you want to talk about a, a the the big true answers, when, when's the the biggest example of a player feedback making games worse is just the entirety of video game history. I believe, yeah. uh, I yeah. believe, I believe a lot of uh, a lot of bad games have won in the stores and in the sales because of the 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 dark evil sinister money of of of, of large companies. That have been able to promote and place and market these bland, boring games. Like, like, man, again, again. No offense. Those Assassin's Creed games are like they're they're like watching HBO when you're four years old. Is what the Assassin's Creed games are like, where you know you know it's grown up, but you uh, you also don't understand anything that's happening. The end. The end. Uh, I'm feeling
2: fine on question number nine. What is the olive garden of video games?
1: Ah, <laughs> uh, the olive garden. Well, okay, so first of all, the olive garden is based on player as, feedback. As a, I say this as a, as a as a white person who went to college in the state of Indiana. The olive garden is a really boring thing to make fun of. Right? Number one. Yes. I think right? Okay, so I mean, I'm yeah. just making sure that we understand it's it's uh, I mean, it's a luxurious experience to a certain type of people. That we need not disparage, i believe I believe we gain nothing by disparaging the people who genuinely look forward to going to olive garden i I mean I wouldn't go to Olive Garden. I would rather eat I would rather go to uh you know the Olive Garden in Times Square is the most foot trafficked uh restaurant in America. did you know this what it wow. is the most it is the, the it is the most profitable restaurant in America, the Olive Garden in Times Square. meanwhile, you can go to I I I living in New York and working in Times Square for a while as I was I I know of several Italian restaurants I can go to that are extremely extremely good and the sort of thing that Olive Garden attempts to bootleg at the the store that also sells church goods at the Dead Mall basically don't want to ma- I'm not making fun of Olive Garden so anyway that's what I define as Olive Garden so what's the that of video games Well I just
0: want to add a little
1: bit there because
0: I think Assassin's
1: Creed Yeah that that Sorry
0: I think Probably the Olive Garden of our minds is one that has like a Disneyland slash Las Vegas strip style of uh, pretend Italy and pretend Europe, which I do not disparage. In fact, these days I quite enjoy to have some random pillars or like a painting of a grape or like some some cherubs floating around with a banner that says maybe something in Latin. Yeah. And and. Like the the whole vaporwave music genre and visual genre has kind of co opted the interior of an yeah. Olive Garden as an aesthetic. So there there's a little bit of that in there possibly too. Like a something that you made that was supposed to be cool that was actually so lame that it was cooler than you intended. Uh, that's a lot but of twenty years later. To
3: Olive Garden. Yeah, it's a, yeah, lot, it's of a lot of layers, layers right? There. I, I think
1: I think Assassin's Creed is pretty close in my mind because I I can kind of see the appeal of Assassin's Creed, but then you 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 meet people, you know, who obviously learned something about like ancient Egyptian history from Assassin's Creed, you know, as opposed.
2: Right? Yeah. How else are you going to learn that uh, Abraham Lincoln was a puppet of the Templars? Uh,
1: yeah. Well, okay, okay. There's, there's. Well, that's that's part of it. That's the free breadsticks part. Um, right. Think, <laughs> the the, uh, people people who just uh, I
2: know he was a puppet of the assassins not the Templars don't write in
1: well do you think that
0: uh, do you think that a Call of Duty for example like not a modern warfare one but one of the one of the historical-ish ones do you think that occupies a similar space like I I played some World War 2 Call of Duties you know they abstractly reference like Goebbels and stuff don't they I, I feel like that's in there. That. I yeah.
3: mean, I, I think of Call of Duty sort of being an, an Olive Garden game, but but not for any historical reasons, but because when I think Olive Garden, I think just like extremely safe and uninteresting. But you know, mm-hmm. like if you if you eat some of the food at the Olive Garden, you're not going to go ew gross. You know, it's just like all right, it's made of like. Butter, it's fine. You know, it's just yeah, a, I guess it, it's it, just really fatty
0: food that tastes good on my tongue. It's fine. Uh, it's it's the safe choice that is also extremely popular. So it's it's like exactly a, yeah. That's what Olive Garden is. Mm-hmm,
1: so yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I think Call, Call, of, of, Duty Duty like Call of Duty is more like Arby's. Call of Duty is yeah. There could it, be Taco Bell. Like Arby's, yeah, I find way more interesting than Olive Garden. Oh, yeah, wow. but yeah, like
2: I a, I I imagine a meteor experience uh just there's there's beef there
1: <laughs> and mm-hmm. they there's have beef beef. the olive garden? They, they literally yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, well i
2: think of olive garden more like a cheesy place
1: <laughs> i mean i i think that just uh, i mean this is maybe not a controversial opinion though i do think just pretty much any single player prestige video game yes. made by ea or activision mm-hmm. i think those Ubisoft are soft also Throw that uh, up. Ubisoft. I mean, I know I just yelled at Assassin's Creed for eight years, but uh, yeah, I mean, Assassin. Ubisoft is as well. The Ubisoft does have some. Uh, Ubisoft is better. Yes. Maybe Ubisoft is better than Olive Garden. Though I do believe that just uh, the the biggest money making pillars of video games are just the Olive Garden of video games. They're they're bland, and I mean this this ties in somewhat unexpectedly seamlessly to the my answer to the previous question yeah i mean it
3: it feels like the same thing right it's like yeah like the video games are kind of bland because we listen to players too much
1: and uh jag weeds are are able to point at numbers and go well this game sold like this and it's like oh you, you can make in this world you can make something sell you know it's easy if you have money yeah yeah, you that's need it.
0: money to make something
2: sell. It's very frustrating. That's yeah. true.
1: So that's why the people who start with the money get to decide what sells.
2: I'm going to say that the Olive Garden of video games is Nintendo, because when you're here, you're Famicom.
1: Oh, that's part of it. Yeah, well, fair enough. that's God darn part of it. Question number 10. Oh, I right up. Yeah, Neela. yeah.
2: If you were given unlimited funds to develop a video game and had to prove that it was all being used on the game, how would you exploit that resource to help as many people as possible?
3: Hmm. okay um it would be a game that was only playable on a unique piece of hardware that we had to also develop that was a laptop or something uh that had basic fun... you know I don't know i will make an o s too you know we'll we'll make a we'll make a uh an entire sort of like Windows Competitor OS or just use Linux or whatever and and a game that only runs on this particular laptop and everyone in the world has it. Uh, how do you justify that? How do we justify the expense? That
2: uh, the game has to be played on this particular piece of hardware.
3: Because it's got this uh, graphics chip in it that no one else mm. has got that <laughs> the game was built for. So what do you want us to do? Start over? I don't know. So I was
0: <laughs> I was thinking about like, what if the game, like that, okay, that can be the hardware and then the, the game itself is like, it's like a free to play game, but all the money actually gets redistrib- redistributed among all the players. So the, the whales who are paying the most, their money actually goes back into the ecosystem and the people that can't afford to play the game kind of get paid to play the game. I'm basically trying to find a way to work uh, socialism-oriented. Yeah, you're creating socialism inside this video. You're trying to make a socialism happen inside the video game. Now, how would you get everyone to play it? Like, maybe this is—I don't know. Maybe it's—it's it's just maybe it's—it's it's like folding at home or something like that. It's—it's it's always passively on, but also, also you you can play it and pay into it and and do Fortnite things inside of it or whatever. But um, ultimately, it does you a socialism.
3: Well, okay, so we have literally an infinite budget. Uh yeah, right, and, right, and right. the goal is to help as many yes. people as possible. I forgot.
0: I forgot about the infinite budget. So I was a fool. To me,
3: that means I hired the entire world.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: And, yeah, we, it, uh, universal man. basic income is you work on yes. this game to a oh. varying degree.
1: Exactly. Yeah, the old Ubisoft trick.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hire everyone.
1: Ubisoft. Yes. Well, UBI. Oh, I got right. so, it. I got it. Wow, so, I didn't. I got the joke. I feel, Some other I feel like a fool. Universal basic income soft. I, yeah.
0: I have to apologize to the world <laughs> for not getting that joke.
1: It's okay.
2: Yeah, you be not getting that joke.
3: That is the uh, easiest way, right? It's, it, it, it's universal
1: basic income based on the position I hire you into. Yeah. Well, why not have some fun with it and call in like a, like a couple of Silicon Valley guys who will then make it so that it's a game that also mines like Bitcoin? And, yeah, I was thinking and, about that. And searches for searches for the cure to cancer or whatever yeah. via a cloud computing thing, and also go. pays everyone mm-hmm. real money as they play it. What about that? As right. they, make right. the they make it, and they make it by playing it. Yeah, mine bitcoins for me get dollars yeah. for you.
2: Yeah, that's the uh, part of the socialist uh, paradise we're building
0: here. Yeah, well, it kind of stops being a socialist paradise, but uh, yeah. <laughs> I oh, guess yeah. that's how it, if it were to happen, that would be how it did happen, where it was like...
1: Yeah, unfortunately.
0: Okay, it benefits everyone, but it benefits 20 of us the
1: most. It's all about those mosts. <laughs> that's how you <laughs> right. have to sell it. But yeah. The most, that's another loud band that I saw once. <laughs> that's a pretty good name for a band, actually. Yeah. Check out so, the most.
2: So, yeah. It's so, time yeah. for a lightning round, folks. Uh, This is where I develop some weird uh, word-style thinking game for you all to play as quickly as possible. I decide a winner, and that winner gets to pick the first question of next week's episode. Oh, heck yeah, man. I hope it's not me. With the stakes clear, are you prepared to play? Clear stakes.
1: Yeah, Okay.
2: Uh, This game is called Slogan Slinging. I'm going to name a video game company... And you have to pitch a new slogan for them. Oh yeah, hit me. Uh-oh. Here we go. Olive number Garden. one, Square Enix.
1: Oh, oh yeah.
2: I, I'm stumped
0: right out the gate. I know there's just so <laughs> too much to think about. It's like so many possibilities.
1: Um, Square, Square Enix. Enix.
0: You you already know what's up.
1: Square Enix, <laughs> the Final Fantasy company. <laughs>
2: okay. Uh, number two, Rockstar Games. Oh. Rockstar
3: Games, uh, oh I, I, what I keep coming back to is that Grand Theft Auto five has been on the NPD list for like seven years. Yeah. Here's, here's, like what I got. here's what I got. Rockstar
0: Games, we're rich.
1: <laughs> no, here's what I got. This is this is legit. This is the legit slogan I would pitch them. Rockstar Games Guaranteed. That's it. That's the whole I like slogan. It. That's all right. Because yeah. their games are always real big. It's you yeah, know yeah. what you're getting. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Rockstar Games guaranteed. Uh Mojang. Mojang. We promise he doesn't work here anymore. anymore. Oh, yeah, exactly. We said the same thing, pretty much. (laughs) Mojang, the J is a Y. (laughs) (laughs) Sweet. Uh, Game Freak. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Not the Pokemon Company.
0: Not as big of freaks as you might have thought.
1: Not that kind of negates the title. Not, not the Pokemon Company is what I would call it.
3: <laughs> The Pokemon Company that's not the Pokemon Company. Yeah. The other
2: <laughs> okay.
1: Pokemon Company.
2: Uh, your next game is Tencent.
1: Tencent. Uh, any... <laughs> uh, there's something about nickeling and diming people, yeah. basically, is yeah. what it would be. Yeah, I was thinking be... more like yeah. Tencent, we probably own you ten cent, you'd buy ten of us for a dollar. I'd buy that for a dime. <laughs>
2: um, uh, yes. I appreciate that Frank basically just pitched the slogan <laughs> of the corporation from Rocco's Modern Life. Oh, uh, Bungie.
1: There and back again. Bungie. Ooh, jump in. <laughs> jump in. That would be the slogan. Yeah, I fine. guess. No, it's but not then you don't sl-
3: get to stay, you just get pulled back.
1: Oh yeah, oh, I'll get yanked out. Yeah. That's
0: why I said there and back again.
1: Oh, that's good. It's okay.
2: That's more like what they would call like the documentary about Bungie. Mm-hmm. I guess that's true. Uh, Ubisoft.
0: Universal Ooh. basic income for everyone. Yeah, universal <laughs> basic font.
1: income, and then I I obviously like try that's... to make I, actually soft I feel like into an acronym.
0: U- Ubisoft would actually be something like we are French. <laughs> like that's that's the most important <laughs> thing to them. But would it French.
2: be we or we?
0: Yeah. Uh, yes, our French. Yeah,
2: O-U-I. <laughs> yes, our French. Oh, yeah, yeah. Excellent. Bandai Namco. Oh, no. Which name comes first? <laughs>
1: <laughs> we don't even know. The
2: logo is like shuffling around like a three-card mind. Yeah, it's just, it's I have, just I
1: have, in an infinity symbol just <laughs> looping. I, I have a, I have insider info that several people who work there actually do get it wrong <laughs> uh, quite frequently. <laughs> i well, so, it's, in that.
0: in Japan, it's flipped yeah. from the US yeah. one. So,
1: yeah, it's it's uh, it's a god darn nightmare.
2: Uh, that's fun. a good slogan. It's a god darn nightmare.
1: <laughs> uh, Activision Blizzard. Ah,
0: we make Call of Duty and World of Warcraft. It's not a very uh, good I
1: slogan. Mean, a but little too They do. Yeah, okay. Activision, the active television. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And <Frank. laughs> just leave Blizzard. Why'd you say my name?
2: Because <laughs> it's, cause do it's you have turn, any? Frank. Do you have any slogan? No. Okay. Our last game company is EA Sports.
1: Oh, my God. It's in the game is the clear it's one. So,
2: it's so good it's in the Yeah, game. but you How can't use, use that point.
1: Well Okay, so there, here's, here's my genuine slogan. My actual genuine slogan is their games. Madden, always huge. FIFA, always huge. Worldwide. Worldwide, right? So EA Sports, guaranteed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what do you think? So, okay,
3: here, here's mine, <laughs> semi jokey but real. Uh, EA Sports, your only choice.
1: Oh yeah. Mm, I, oh my I, god. I guess, yeah. EA Sports, the only game in town. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> okay. Um, I. <laughs> I think nobody I, I think won. I'm,
2: man, yeah. all right. I'm tallying the points here, and uh, I think you, I got to give this one to Tim. Uh, uh, congratulations yeah. tim uh, you possibly... are the selector of next week's first topic oh, uh, yeah. and that's pretty much our business for the week
3: yeah i give it to tim too cause just i don't rock
1: star games guaranteed is actually yeah right.
2: that's that's solid i like uh, it.
1: Yeah, I it. it call me up you know i have it on uh on inside info that uh those dudes uh the, the the top dudes there saw my red dead redemption video and uh they passed it around in the office the one where i summarized the plot of Red Dead Redemption 1. So, in other words, when I say, call me up, guys, I mean it. Call me up. I'll rebrand up. you for the 21st century. Guaranteed. <laughs> Guaranteed.
2: Uh, speaking of which, does anyone have any plugs or cultural recommendations for our audience?
1: No, no. Nah, I'm just working
3: on I stuff mentioned. that takes forever, so I got nothing to plug.
2: I just rewatched all...
0: Well, not all. I re-watched the first three Alien movies. Oh and, yeah. And uh, they're kind of
1: interesting. The third one's and, good. I like that third one. And I, I don't just like watched
0: them all. Yeah, the third one's kind of interesting. I I just rewatched also Terminator 2 and oh, man, you yeah. know you know how well so I don't know how to frame this. Terminator 1 is old. You you look at it and you're like that's the 80s. It's definitely yeah. old. But the story is pretty good and feels like it's kind of eternal. Like it you can you can watch that whenever. You know it's in the 80s, but it it feels like a story. Mm-hmm. Then Terminator 2, just the whole time it feels like it wants to remind you that it took place in 1992 and it just not not only the 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 music and the haircuts and the way people talk, but just the story and the pacing and the vibe of it. It's it's weird how much older Terminator mm-hmm. 2 feels once you get Thirty years out, almost thirty years out from it, so I recommend not rewatching Terminator Two.
1: Uh, I rewatched Terminator Two last year. I like it. Whatever. I'm a I'm a stupid baby. I'm gonna tell you what I started watching the other day. That uh, after after hearing uh, many 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 people have recommended it to me, and uh, I was not sure why they were all recommending it. I knew I would probably like it because I like cool stuff. But everybody told me to watch the anime Doctor Stone for some I watched reason. That. And uh, we started watching it over here. We're like eight episodes in. And I'm like, uh, I think that's pretty good. Whatever. I don't that's...
0: like how the people talk in it, but other than that, I think it's pretty good.
1: I think they talk fine. They talk kind of like weirdos and idiots, but it's fun. There's so enough, There's more I've than got enough some recommendations. What you oh. got?
2: Uh, if you've enjoyed this podcast, uh, I recommend giving us a rating and review on your favorite podcast distributing platform. You can also support the show directly on Patreon at patreon.com insertcredit insert credit. You subscribe at any level. You can access our episodes one day early. Ooh. You can also follow us all on Twitter. Uh, the show is at insert credit. I'm at Alex Jaffe. Frank is at Frank Safaldi. Tim is at 108
1: yeah, and me. Brandon
2: is at Necrosofty. Uh, you can also keep the conversation going on forums.insertcredit.com where some of us may show up to respond to your comments. Until next time, I'm Alex Jaffe.
3: I'm Frank Zafaldi.
2: I'm Tim Rogers. And I'm Brandon Sheffield. And your game has now been saved. Game over, yeah!
1: Tiger Style.